Um, this is lecture number six, The New Age and the Occult. We're uh, refuting New Age beliefs, and we're talking about syncretism, the New Age belief that uh, um, all religions lead to God, and we show that the, that obviously contradicts the Bible. Uh, the Bible teaches that salvation comes only through Christ. You cannot have the Father unless you accept the Son. John chapter 8 verses 23 and 24 uh, Jesus said that you know I'm from above you're from below unless I unless you believe that I am he you will die in your sins now literally he, he was saying unless you believe that I am Yahweh you will die in your sins in the Greek it's ego emi which is the closest closest you can come to Yahweh which is I am who I am uh, in the Greek and still not violate any uh, uh, grammatical rules um, but uh, but so Jesus was basically saying, unless you believe that I am God, you will die in your sins. And Jesus meant, unless you believe that I am God in a unique sense. I am God and you are not. New Ager has no problem with Jesus being God, but the New Ager thinks he's God too. Uh, and uh, John three sixteen to 18, obviously we know that. The Bible teaches us that God loved the world so much that he sent his son basically to die for us. Uh, so that whoever believes in him would receive eternal life. God didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but so that the world would be saved through him. Uh, he who believes in Christ is saved and will be spared judgment. He who rejects Christ uh, will be condemned uh, because of his sinfulness, and he's refused, uh, uh, rejected the one source for the forgiveness of the sins that God has provided. John 6.29, they asked Jesus, what must we do to do the work of God? And uh, Jesus responded, to do the work of God is this, believe in him whom he has sent. So Christianity is the most exclusive religion on earth. It says that there is only one way for man to be saved, and that's through Jesus. Your eternal destiny will stand or fall on whether or not you trusted in Jesus alone for salvation. So obviously uh, we have to oppose that idea that all religions lead to God. And what we could do from a philosophical standpoint is show that on essential areas, these different religions, uh, most of them contradict each other on essential issues. So they can't both be right. They might possibly all be wrong, but they can't uh, all be right. And uh, so we can refute it from that standpoint. Um, the New Age belief in a uh, coming New Age... Uh, a new age of peace and all well uh, Christ taught that the last days there would be uh, a horrible tribulation you look at Matthew 24 verses 6 and 7 and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars see that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass but the end is not yet for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. Uh, so Jesus taught there's going to be horrible tribulation unlike the man has ever known, just the, the worst ever, and, uh, and then Christ is going to return. Uh, verse 12, Matthew 24, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And... Uh, so the end times are filled with, uh, uh, you know, just horrible days. 
So there's no evidence that man is getting smarter or more, more peaceful. Just look at the history of mankind. I mean, Thomas Jefferson just 200 years ago uh, read fluently in seven different languages and uh, uh, had a library of 20,000 volumes, was an inventor, he was a, uh, an architect, he was a farmer, he was uh, a political uh, philosopher. Um, you know, the guy was basically a genius in like 10 or 15 different areas uh, yet today, if somebody was as much of an expert in just one of those fields, we would call him an expert today. You know, back then, Thomas Jefferson was a wise man, but he was not considered a genius like Ben Franklin was. So, uh, uh, I think, yeah, you know, go back to the time of Christ, and the uh, Jewish guys weren't even, uh, Jewish students weren't even taking notes. They were memorizing the teachings of their rabbis. That's what the oral tradition was all about. So. Uh, I think the evidence is that uh, we're not smarter, we're not getting smarter, it's just that our technology is advancing because we're dwarfs who stand on the shoulders of giants so that we can see further over the horizon than they can, uh, but uh, the invention of the wheel probably took a lot more creativity than figuring out how to put man on the moon. Um, but, uh, I mean... It, it took the entire history of mankind to put a heavier-than-air craft in the sky, uh, the Wright Brothers, 1903, and then from there, just 66 years later, we put a man on the moon. Um, okay, um, um, okay, yeah, there's no evidence that man is getting smarter or more peaceful. Just look at, you know, before World War I, uh, we had many great minds telling us that we evolved past war and now we were going to live in an age of peace and then came World War One, so we named World War One the war to end all wars. And then came World War Two. Now all of a sudden we're talking peace. You know, the Bible is filled with uh, passages that state that, uh, you know, the, where God's condemning the false prophets who say peace, peace when there is no peace. And instead of rebuilding the wall, the defense of Jerusalem, they whitewash over the, 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 the cracks in the wall. Um, you know, there are more wars going on right now than any other time in, in man's history. Even Friedrich Nietzsche, the, a German atheist who died in the year 1900, predicted that because uh, the 20th century man would be, uh, would, he would be man come of age, he would start living consistent with his atheistic worldview. Uh, he predicted the 20th century would be the bloodiest century in the history of mankind. And he was right. He hit the nail right on the head. And uh, so, you know, where's the evidence that we're getting more peaceful or or uh, getting smarter? It just, it just isn't out there. You look at the Middle East and the terrorism that is going on, the wars all over this, this, this uh, globe, the civil wars and that type of thing. Uh, the uh, This century has given us names like Hitler, Stalin, Khomeini. Gaddafi, Hussein, uh, I didn't list Mussolini because he's Italian, I'm half Italian, but, but uh, you know, the list goes on and on, you can, uh, you know, not to mention the Charles Mansons, uh, but the evidence is just not there, and by the way, Charles Manson was much closer to New Age thinking uh, than Christianity is, and uh, he believed in uh, 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 an offshoot of Hegelian thought, Hegel's thought of the dialectic that, so you could call him, if you said, hey Satan, he would turn around and say, yeah, what do you want? But if you said, hey Jesus, he would turn around and say, yeah, what do you want? Because he believed that 
the thesis, Jesus, and the antithesis, uh, Satan, were merging to form a synthesis, and he believed that he, Charles Manson, was the synthesis. So, you know, and, and that fits real well with... Uh, with New Age thought, the force is with you, the dark side of the force and the, and the, the good side of the force. Um, ultimately, uh, ultimate reality is beyond good and evil. And, uh, and uh, so, you know, but, but, but where was the evidence that man is getting smarter and more peaceful? Yeah. I like this quote that Martin has in his book. It's taken from Time Magazine. And... Uh, talking about uh, epistemological relativism mm -hmm. and uh, he says it's no wonder that time quoting several Christian writers noted humans are essentially religious creatures and they don't rest until they have some sort of answers to the fundamental questions rationalism and secularism don't answer those questions but you can see the rise of the new age as a barometer of the disintegration of American culture Dostoevsky said that anything is permissible if there is no God but anything is also permissible if everything is God. Mm -hmm. There's no way to make any distinction between good and evil. Once you've deified yourself, which is what the New Age is all about, there is no higher moral absolute. It's a recipe for ethical anarchy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Martin, that's a real well-written book, too, and it's short and sweet, um, but, uh, but he does a real good job with that. Um, the Bible teaches man's not getting smarter, he's not getting more peaceful, and that only Jesus will bring peace to the earth. Daniel 9.26, even to the end there will be war. Isaiah 9.6, Jesus is called the Prince of Peace, but that's speaking about a second coming in Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 to 16, describes that and it says, In righteousness he judges and wages war and will shepherd the nations with an iron rod. Uh, but Jesus will bring peace to this earth, uh, in fact, the most vicious, the most uh, vicious belief systems in the history of mankind have been utopian belief systems, where man has this idea he's going to bring utopia, the perfect society on earth. And the thing is, is if you don't want it, then it's like you're the one who's holding up world peace. We need to eliminate you. And all of a sudden, we're going to find Christians and Jews being persecuted because we get in the way of this one world government and this one world religion and uh, and the New Ager believes he can bring peace if, if we just eliminate the Christians and uh, the Jews. Uh, the New Age practice uh, of channeling uh, where the, there's a voluntary possession person voluntarily allows himself to be possessed uh, by a spirit being and uh, allows the spirit being to speak through them. Supposedly it's the spirits of the dead. It's what they claim. But the Bible forbids, forbids us to communicate with the dead. Look at Deuteronomy 18. Paul's letter to Deuteronomy, chapter 18. I'm like, you know, like, uh, you see all these guys running down. Oh, man, I didn't know Paul wrote Deuteronomy. I don't even know who this Deuteronomy guy is, anyway. Okay, uh, Deuteronomy 18, verses 9 to 12. When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, 
or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. All three of those, a medium, a spiritist, and one who calls up the dead are pretty much synonymous. Somebody who claims to be a go-between between the uh, spiritual realm, between spiritual beings and uh, human beings. Uh, uh, we, we used to call them mediums at seances, and we used to also call them spiritists, and now they're called channelers. Uh, but those who try to call up the dead, the Bible forbids that. It says, For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord, and because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. Um, take a look at uh, Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 19. Paul's letter to Isaiah. No, I'm all I can answer. No joke. It's funny the second time around. Uh, yeah, yeah. Isaiah 8... Uh, 8th Street, uh, ninth, number 19, apartment number 19. Isaiah 8, 19, and uh, that reads, And when they say to you, Seek those who are mediums and wizards who whisper and mutter, should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? And so uh, uh, it, it's real clear there, God is saying that if you want information that you cannot get through through mere human knowledge come to me for it and if I say no then you shouldn't have that information but don't try to, to conjure up spirits of the dead you don't know what you'd be getting yourself into uh, so the Bible forbids us to attempt to communicate with the dead and so that rules out seances spiritualism and uh, the channelers of today you know Ramp is supposed to be a 35,000 year old uh, uh, warrior, uh, the Jay Z Knight uh, uh, channels. Yeah. She's not doing it anymore, is she? Uh, she's still doing a lot of new age stuff. I don't know if uh, is she's still doing the, the channeling bit. I know she's got a compound. Just a few months ago, there was a special on uh, Northwest Afternoon, and uh, they interviewed her, showed videos. Yeah, she's still still doing it. Okay. I know she's got she's got her her compound. They're all armed to the max. Uh, another David Koresh type thing, but uh, uh, yeah, it's amazing too. It's amazing too how many New Age offshoots are all into this peace type thing. But before the peace comes, some type of Armageddon, and kind of the New Jerusalem is going to be right there at their compound, and so they got to fight off the world, and it's it, it's just uh, some some crazy stuff. Uh, but. Uh, but don't cheer when the government violates people's rights and rolls tanks in on them because we're next. Um, yeah. But but uh, what do you call it? Uh, um, take a look at the look. Uh, look at Luke chapter sixteen. Luke chapter sixteen. And uh, verses 19 to 31, I don't want to read the whole passage, but uh, it's about the, the rich man uh, and Lazarus the beggar. 
and uh, the rich man was was not trusting in the God of Israel for salvation. Lazarus the beggar apparently was. So when they both died, the rich man went to uh, uh, Hades, a place of torment, waiting to be tossed into the lake of fire at the great white throne judgment after the millennial kingdom. Uh, and the uh, uh, Lazarus the beggar went to paradise or Abraham's bosom. Uh, which I believe is synonymous with heaven, but uh, there's a big debate on that, and I don't want to get into that right now. But the other guy was being, the rich guy was being tormented in Hades. Uh, verse 23 of Luke 6, 16, and verse 24 says, Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, the beggar, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Uh, but Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime, basically, you received the good things, Lazarus, the evil things, but now he's comforted and you're being tormented. You know, you didn't share what you had. You didn't show evidence of being a man who was trusting in, in the God of Israel for salvation. Uh, verse 26, And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that you can, uh, that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, now the rich man says, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. So send this dead guy, the spirit of this dead guy, back to the living. Verse 28, for I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest, also, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to them, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to them, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will will they be persuaded, uh, though one rise from the dead. Basically, there's, it's strongly implied that the dead cannot return to communicate to the living. Now, that's the general rule. God does have some exceptions. Moses and Elijah appear with Jesus on the, the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, God allows Samuel the prophet, uh, the witch of Endor, the medium, uh, tries to contact her familiar spirit and all of a sudden, boom, there's Samuel the prophet and she freaks out and King Saul uh, who had outlawed that very practice then receives word that Samuel the prophet says, man, you know God sent me back to you but he, he's highly ticked off at you you're going to die tomorrow and he did die that day, the, the, the next day and uh, they were almost completely slaughtered by the Philistines they were defeated in battle uh, but the general rule is God does not allow the spirits of the dead to communicate with the living. Well then, who are these spirits that are supposedly communicating with the living and sometimes giving information that only that dead person would have known? Uh, basically, it's, it seems that what we're, what we're getting here, the dead, the Bible teaches that the dead cannot communicate with the living it is probably demons at work. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 4. By the way, right now a very common thing in the New Age movement is to channel UFO uh, and uh, aliens, supposed aliens. And, uh, and what, what that's showing us is if it is legitimate, that, and in fact the, the UFOs, the, they just appear on a radar. They don't come from out there to here, just gradually coming here. Also, they just appear, and then they start moving around. They violate all kinds of known laws of physics. Um, 
and then they disappear as quick as they appeared. So uh, I think the the evidence is out there that these UFO alien beings, and there's good evidence that something is out there. Uh, I think there's good evidence that it is not necessary. Uh, their physical bodies are not essential to them. Uh, they they can uh, do things without their bodies, such as possess people. And so I think it's becoming real clear that the uh, the aliens are actually demons. When you test their message, anytime angelos means messenger in the Greek, and anytime a messenger from out there comes here, you test their message uh, with the scriptures. And if the message is not from God, then it's a fallen messenger, a fallen angelos, a fallen angel, and that that's what's. Uh, uh, what I think we're seeing there. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a few minutes. Uh, the reason that they just appear and disappear is because they're clean and their ships are That's right. Okay. Uh, for those, for those, for those who are uh, listening on audio cassette, this is uh, this is some guy who's still battling with, uh, you know, some Christians still have a battle with drugs, and then you have to try to help them. Kurt has he's battling with Star Trek and uh, that type of thing. And it, what two months ago we got you to take your ears off. So I think uh, I think you've come a long way. Uh, but uh, take a look at First uh, Timothy chapter four verse one. And First uh, um, Timothy four verse one. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Okay? So in the last days, there's going to be an apostasy, a falling away of the faith, an apostasy. In other words, the uh, churches that call themselves Christian churches will actually be churches based on the uh, demonic doctrines and uh, much like what happened in Nazi Germany but the doctrines of demons look at 1 John chapter 4 1 John 1 John chapter 4 verse 1 um, and that says beloved do not believe every spirit but test the spirits whether they are from God uh, because many false prophets have gone out into the world in other words uh, we ought to be testing these messages. These New Agers just accept the message. Oh, yeah, it's from the, the, uh, yeah, it's from the uh, spirit realm. It's got to be good. And they, they, they act like all the uh, spirits uh, in the non-physical realm are automatically good. However, some channelers, some New Age channelers, and some UF, UFO experts will openly admit that they've been lied to, sometimes that they've been raped by uh, these uh, non-material entities. So so uh, it just doesn't sound like uh, uh, what I would call, uh, uh, you know, good beings. But whatever the case, we need to test the spirits with the Word of God because not every spirit uh, that may speak to a human being uh, is from God. So I think what we're seeing here through channeling is the doctrine of demons. Now, I would say most channeling is just uh, is just fraudulent. A guy just, you know, he got tired of working a booth at the carnival, and so now he's uh, he's a con artist. Uh, he's a con artist on 2020, uh, and he's going to start his own little compound like uh, Jay Z Knight. 
Uh, Eastern meditation. Uh, now, the, the, the Bible teaches that we should meditate, but it's not talking about Eastern meditation. Uh, look at Psalm 1. Uh, John, you're getting a little bit too loud, and I think that uh, it's the other students are really... I could tell by John McCarthy... I could tell John McCarthy's not going to put up with much more of that. And so... Let's see. Okay, uh, what did I say, Psalm 1? Yeah. What is that, Old and New Testament? No. Okay, Psalm 1, uh, verses 1 and 2. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. And uh, yet you've got a lot of Christians that are going to go into Sigmund Freud for counsel. And blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord basically the Bible, and in his law he meditates day and night. You see, the Bible teaches that we should meditate. Uh, Joshua 1.8 tells us that we should meditate on God's Word day and night. Um, but what it's talking about there, biblical meditation, you would empty your mind of your own sinful desires. So what Jesus meant when he said, deny yourself. Uh, but then you would uh, allow your mind to be renewed, like Paul said in Romans 12, 1 and 2, let, allow your mind to be transformed and be renewed uh, by principles from God's Word. So we need to not only hear God's Word preached, but we need to, to read God's Word, to study God's Word, to memorize passages from God's Word in their proper context, and then, like the Jews did, you know, they used to sit down under a fig tree and... Uh, meditate on God's Word, then we, but we need to kick back and have some re time of relaxation where God can refresh us, where we meditate on God's Word, where our mind dwells on God's Word. That's biblical meditation, filling your mind with principles from God's Word and removing from your mind all those hateful thoughts, oh, I'd like to punch my next-door neighbor in the nose, he plays his music too loud, and this and that. And just uh, focus on God's Word principles from God's Word. That's biblical meditation. Well, Eastern meditation is a disengaging of the mind from rational thought. It's a cessation of thought. It's uh, uh, emptying your mind and just totally leaving it empty. The biblical, in, in, in biblical meditation, your mind is never emptied because simultaneously with the emptying of your mind and your sinful desires is being filled with God's Word. It's putting on the mind of Christ. It's dwelling on the pure things from God's Word, as Paul says in Philippians chapter 4. Hindu meditation or transcendental meditation or Eastern meditation or New Age meditation, whatever you want to call it, um, you're, you're trying to meditate on the sound of one hand clapping. You're trying to uh, disengage your mind from rational thought. Uh, you're trying to stop thinking. And basically, you're surrendering the control of your mind. Uh, in in uh, transcendental meditation, the mantras, the the, the one-syllable words, uh, they are basically. Uh, Walter Martin showed where uh, they were taken from the names of Hindu false gods. Now the Bible says that, in, that 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 false gods, idols, are actually demons. So not only are you surrendering the control of your mind, which which could cause demons to come in, but then you're actually begging them to come on in. And 
uh, New Age meditation, uh, a lot of the experiences are one and the same with the experiences people are having through LSD trips, which makes me wonder if sometimes these LSD trips may not be something that's physical. There might be physical chemical changes involved, but in the end, once you lose control of your your mind, uh, demon possession might set in. So uh, Eastern meditation actually invites demonic possession. You surrender the control of your mind. Demons are more than willing to come in. Look at 1 Corinthians 10. First Corinthians chapter 10. Verses 19 to 21, Paul says this, what am, what am I saying then, that an idol is anything, or what is offered to idols is anything? But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God, and I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. So worshiping false gods, there is a sense where Paul says that in Isaiah even, that an idol, a false god, is nothing but a, but a chunk of wood, an animal carved out of wood. Uh, yet, the, there is a demon, a, a fallen spirit being, who is encouraging that person and tempting that person to worship that object and then even the person recognizes that it's not the object I'm worshiping but what this object represents so that so even when the Roman Catholic says hey I'm not praying to Mary I'm not praying to that statue of Mary uh, that statue just reminds me of Mary I'm praying to the real Mary that statue is represented by well number one you're praying to the dead communicating with the dead which the Bible forbids and number two um, that's exactly what idol worship is, is bowing down before a statue that represents whatever your God is. Now, now, obviously Catholics would say they don't worship Mary, but as far as the Bible's concerned, the Bible doesn't care uh, if you call her God or not. If you bow down before a statue and pray to that statue, you're partaking of some type of idol worship. And, uh, but uh, uh, whatever the case... Uh, worshiping false gods is uh, actually the worshiping of demons. Uh, also, the Bible forbids vain repetition. Uh, Matthew chapter six, verse seven, um, and uh, the uh, Hindu uh, mantras and Eastern New Age meditation. Uh, you have nothing but vain repetition. See, when it's vain repetition, I'll tell you right now. When we used to say the the Rosary as as Catholics, when I was growing up in New Jersey. Um, it got to the point where, you know, I'd, I'd be saying, "Our Father, he got to the point where, you know, the, the word every you just babbling on because you just wanted to get it done so quick that eventually, and you weren't thinking about the words that you were saying. And well, the, the danger with that kind of vain repetition, just like uh, the the mantras in Eastern meditation, you can end up just drifting off into la-la land and not even thinking about what you're babbling about. And by the way, uh, these hyper-Pentecostals that are doing this tongues thing all the time, I don't doubt that God can still give a person the gift of tongues today, but you better make sure it's from God 
because uh, number one, it could be from from the demonic realm, and number two, even if it's just carnal, even if it's just manufactured by man, um, just babbling on over and over again, praying in your in tongues in your prayer closet. If it's not from God, you could disengage the mind and end up uh, uh, being influenced by demons. Um, but uh, but biblical meditation, as I mentioned, is not vain repetition. It's not a disengaging of the mind, but it's meditation on principles from God's Word. Uh, Eastern meditation is contentless. It's without content, uh, and it is dangerous. You surrender the control of your mind, and the demons are more than willing uh, to come in. Now, I've added something, so if you have a pen and you want to take notes on this... Uh, um, UFOs in the New Age movement. Uh, Eric Purcell wrote that, that classic article in the IBD Journal, and, and from from that day on, he's been known as the UFO guy. And uh, but uh, uh, if you want to get more background on it, he spent a couple of years investigating it and came up with the same conclusion that I did, although I did not go through nearly the amount of, of uh, research that he did. Uh, but right now, the New Age movement is is merging with this big emphasis on UFOs. An example of that is the uh, uh, Scientology. Is it sounds like science fiction and religion all merged into one? That aliens came and left sperm on this planet, which evolved into we were basically we were thetans, we were gods from other planets, and we just don't know it. And the answer to all our emotional problems is recognizing our deity. But you, yeah, L. Ron Hubbard with Dianetics and Scientology. Um, what's that? I, I, I never heard of that with him. That Herbert W. Armstrong uh, uh, held held to that. But uh, with the Worldwide Church of God, which now the the leadership of the Worldwide Church of God has converted to Christianity. So they've probably got a mass exodus of people who are going to try to remain faithful to uh, Armstrong's cult. But uh, uh, but the UFOs and the New Age movement, there's a, there's a kind of a blending of the two right now. Uh, we need to recognize several things. Number one, the UFO sightings have been reported throughout man's history. This is not something that is new. Uh, in ancient times, they would they would say flying shields and flying triangles and stuff like that. Uh, point number two, in recent encounters, uh, uh, aliens have claimed to be from other planets, but that wasn't the case back in the past. You know, now with modern science and us recognizing that there, there are other planets that are out there and maybe there's life on other planets and we're, and our scientific, being that we're scientific minded, if these are demons and they came and said, hey, we're, we're gods, worship us, the modern scientific man probably would just—it wouldn't be ready for something like that. So they say we're aliens from other planets. Uh, you know, they used to say they're from Venus. Now we've proven that there can't be physical life on Venus. So then they started saying, well, we're from inside the planet of Venus. And then scientists showed why that isn't true. And so now they're saying, well, okay, I lied to you. Uh, and you know, then, then the, the channeler or the, the guy he's visiting that's being abducted by this alien says, "Oh, no problem, no biggie, you lied. Don't worry about it." And then, and then they say, "Well, uh, we're actually from another dimension." And so now they're saying there are other dimensional beings. Uh, but whatever the case, these 
these aliens, and then most of these cases, I believe, are, are bogus, but there are those cases where there is some good evidence uh, that there is something. For instance, uh, the Apollo and the Gemini... Uh, uh, yeah, uh, the astronauts have been basically reporting uh, uh, UFO sightings... Uh, Shuttle missions and yeah. One of them, uh, I, I think I heard it. Remember what time they had it? Voice of somebody screaming outside the ship or something? Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah, and I think I heard the tape, but it was so long ago I don't remember exactly what it was. But this, and then it, it's, and it, it's like a blood curdling scream that sounds demonic. Like you, the, the hair starts standing up on the back of your head when you're just listening to it. But, uh, um, but whatever the case, these, in, the, in what seems to be the legitimate cases, where these people actually have encounters of the kind where they actually do dialogue with these uh, supposed aliens, uh, they always deny the unique deity of Christ and salvation by God's grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone. Okay, so they did. So they're teaching a different Jesus and a different gospel. Okay, well, the Bible says test the spirits. Uh, it's pretty obvious these guys are from the other side. Uh, they also teach that mankind is divine and that a new age of spiritual evolution is approaching. Okay? Uh, they teach that Christians, traditional Christians, are holding up man's spiritual evolution. If we could just get these Christians out of the way. Uh, also, now these aliens are possessing people and channeling messages through them, so it seems that though they appear at times in bodies, they don't have to. Well, you have even angels in the Bible will take temporary bodily, temporarily take bodily form to talk with Abraham or with Lot. Uh, even Lucifer possessed uh, a serpent in the garden to communicate to man, and then he's going to possess the Antichrist probably along with another demon, uh, another one of his demons. But uh, uh, so you know, and demons have possessed people before, so. Uh, Demons can take bodily form. The sons of God were probably demons who somehow took bodily form, whether through possession or manufacturing some kind of physical body uh, that uh, was able to artificially inseminate woman and bear offspring, whatever the case. Um, um, it, it appears that these are actually uh, evil, deceptive spirit beings uh, i.e. demons. But they teach that uh, man is divine, there's a new age of uh, spiritual evolution approaching, and that Christians are holding up man's spiritual evolution in progress. Uh, these aliens are possessing people, channeling messages through them. Uh, their technology, the crafts that they're flying, their technology far exceeds man's technology and often defies the uh, laws of, uh, of physics. And so the conclusion is that they are evil, deceptive spirit beings. They are demons. And, uh, and so that, that it might have a lot to do with the doctrines of demons. And finally, in closing, uh, with the New Age uh, beliefs, refuting their beliefs, we just need to recognize that they deny basic Christian beliefs. They deny that Jesus is God. You know, John 1, 1 says that, that the Word was God, and, and 1.14 says the Word became flesh. Titus 2.13, Paul calls Jesus our great God and Savior. Well, New Agers deny that Jesus is uniquely God. They, say, they might say, oh yeah, he's God, but I'm God too. We're all God. Uh, 
they also deny that uh, that the one true God is three persons. And, you know, Isaiah 44, 6 says there's only one God, but Galatians 1, 1 says the Father is God. Acts 5, 3 to 4 says that the Holy Spirit is God. And John 14, 26 says that uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are three separate persons. Um, they deny the biblical teaching that man is lost without Jesus. And we went over that already, that man is a sinner who cannot save himself, Romans 3.10. Romans 3.23 and 6.23 and Matthew 19.25 and 26. They deny that hell, eternal torment, eternal conscious torment is real. Uh, Revelation 14.9-11, Revelation 20 verse 10, Mark chapter 9 verses 47 and 48 all teach that hell is real. Uh, they, the New Agers deny that salvation comes only through Jesus. We spoke about that. John 14.6, Jesus is the only way to the Father and 1 Timothy 2.5, that Jesus alone is the, the only mediator between God and, and men. And in their view, there's many mediators, uh, many uh, ascended masters, spirit beings uh, that can help us in our spiritual evolution and, and that we're, we're God so we don't need to be saved. Of course, John 3.16-18, classical passage on salvation. And they deny that Jesus died for our sins. They deny that we even have sins. First uh, John 1, 8 to 10. If you if you deny that you you uh, are a sinner, uh, you're you're deceiving yourself. John 1, 29. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. His death on the cross for our sins spoken about. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24, and First Peter 3:18. And uh, they deny that Jesus is the only true manifestation of God. They believe there's many manifestations of God, and they themselves are one of them. But they put Jesus on par with uh, Buddha, Muhammad, Moses, that type of thing, and re reject him as being the only true manifestation of God. When the Bible calls him in John 3.16 the, the only begotten Son, that basically means he is the only true manifestation of God because he is God, the second person of the Trinity, become a man. Um, and so we'll close with this, Matthew 24. Matthew 24. Um, and verses 4 and 5 Jesus is talking about the last days Matthew 24 and uh, verses 4 and 5 and Jesus answered and said to them take heed that no one deceives you for many will come in my name saying I am the Christ and will deceive many and you know now we've got people saying that uh, we all have the Christ consciousness within them, or, or you know, and the thing is too is with 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 uh, Nazi Germany with the, the German Volk religion, the whole German all the whole German people, the whole German race was divine, yet the Führer was the the, the fullest manifestation of divinity. And it's it, 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 it's going to be the same way in the new, with the uh, the reign of the Antichrist. If the New Age movement is the end time world religion, they're going to say all men are divine. Yet the Antichrist is the fullest manifestation of the divine. It's kind of like the, he exercises his Christ consciousness better than anybody else. That type of thing. And so. Um, and so the uh, New Agers deny that Jesus is the only true manifestation of God. So that's our uh, uh, lectures on the New Age movement. What we're going to do next week is pick it up with the uh, world of the occult. 
and hopefully I'll be able to finish those in about four lectures. I'll just have a ten lecture course all total. Um, and uh, I'll have uh, the handouts ready for you next week, whatever uh, information we're going to cover next week. So.